Life Audio. Welcome once again to Truth Drive with Doug Grothuis, where we seek the truth about the things that matter most through reason and evidence. Happy New Year to all of you. Today I'd like to read a short paper I wrote for a course I just finished teaching at Denver Seminary called Science and Christian Faith. It has a not very jazzy title, Some Basic and Common Mistakes Made by Critics of Intelligent Design, an Overview. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. In my many years of studying and defending intelligent design, or ID, I have noticed at least nine common mistakes made by critics. These errors disallow a proper evaluation of ID theories as scientific explanations. Much of the ink spilled in opposition to ID can be erased by noting these fallacies. Most, if not all, of these mistakes are noted in Stephen Meyer's stellar defense of ID called Return of the God Hypothesis, published by Harper One in 2021. 1. Critics of ID claim that genuine science is intrinsically naturalistic and thus ignore the history of science in the West, which was decisively influenced by a Christian worldview. On that see Meyer's book, Return of the God Hypothesis. That is, they assume what is called methodological naturalism, which automatically freezes out the design inference to something outside the natural world. 2. Critics dismiss ID arguments because they are offered by religious people. First of all, they're not always offered by religious people. Think of David Berlinski, for example. This is called the ad hominem fallacy and begs the question, which is another fallacy. Three, they place ID explanations in the category of bogus supernaturalism, such as fairies, gnomes, goblins, etc. This is the fallacy of guilt by association. Pharisees, gnomes, and goblins explain nothing, and there's no evidence of their objective existence. 4. If the naturalistic explanation is not available, such as for the origin of life on Earth or for the Cambrian explosion, instead of considering a design explanation, they claim that it is only a matter of time until a naturalistic explanation is found. Give us time, they ask. 
while not considering the ID explanation on offer before them. This commits the fallacy of begging the question. To those who remember checking, this is the post-dated check fallacy. I will have the funds in the future, trust me. But future funds can purchase nothing, let alone a sufficient explanation. Francis Schaeffer addressed this wait-and-see attitude to explaining ultimate issues in his book, The God Who Was There, 1968, that in the future, man will find another reasonable answer beside the Christian viewpoint. He deems this an illegitimate response. Continuing to quote Schaefer, There are, however, two overwhelming problems to this answer. This could be said about any answer to anything and would bring all thought and science to an end. It must be seen to be an evasion and an especially weak reply if the person using it applies it only to this one question. Five, critics of ID misstate ID theories and then attack a straw man. Another fallacy, as I write in Christian Apologetics. Another objection to Mike Behe's theory is made by Kenneth Miller, who says that individual parts of irreducible structures may be used profitably for other things. This is sometimes called the co-option theory. One part of the bacterial flagellum, a cellular pump, is found in an organism outside of the flagellum. Therefore, the flagellum is not irreducibly complex. Its complexity is rather redundant, since one of its parts is used elsewhere. But this objection presents a straw man fallacy. Behe never claimed that each part of an irreducibly complex system must have no other function elsewhere in the living world. Certainly, one part of a mousetrap could be used as a blunt object outside of a mousetrap. Moreover, the cellular pump that Miller cites is likely another case of irreducible complexity in itself. And that finishes my quote from Christian Apologetics. Further, Lawrence Krauss and Richard Dawkins accuse Stephen Meyer of wrongly stating that natural selection is random in the sense of being haphazard. But Meyer meant random in the sense of undesigned. There is a mechanical logic to natural selection that is not random. But on naturalistic grounds, the elements that went into natural selection occurring at all, such as the irreducibly informational aspects of life, which naturalists cannot explain, are undesigned and random in that way or, as Bertrand Russell put it in a long and elegant sentence in his famous essay, A Free Man's Worship, I'll just quote part of it, quote, Man is the product of causes which had no provision of the end they were achieving, that his origin, his growth, his hopes, his fears, his loves, and his beliefs are but the outcome of accidental collocations of atoms. That was his description of his naturalistic, atheistic worldview. 6. Critics of ID claim that if ID explanations are allowed, this will introduce a divine foot in the door, to quote Richard Lewontin, which will wreck science somehow. This is the straw man fallacy. Since Stephen Meyer, 
and William Dembski have articulated ID as a bona fide scientific theory, as has Michael B. 7. Critics of ID make the accusation that ID appeals to the God of the Gaps, but they substitute the matter of the Gaps assumption, thus begging the question on naturalism, and deny that ID gives a bona fide explanation based on hard evidence and reliable means of argumentation, usually inference to the best, best explanation or Bayesian probability considerations. This is the straw man fallacy. 8. Critics of ID offer alternatives to ID that end up assuming unexplained information, such as the RNA world and in inflationary string multiverse theory. If so, they have not eliminated the original explanation by their design, by their naturalistic devices. Nine, critics of ID present naturalistic explanations that are full of extraneous explanatory entities, such as the multiverse theory. This violates the principle of simplicity in explanation. As I state in Christian apologetics, this is my eighth principle of testing worldviews. Eighth, all things being equal, simpler explanations are preferable to unnecessarily complex ones. How this criterion plays out depends on what is being explained. It does not mean that simplest possible explanation is required for any phenomena, if that means putting what is explained on a Procrustean bed. Christian Smith says that, quote, the principle of parsimony or simplicity must be balanced out by the principle of sufficient complexity. That means that we ought to be willing to theorize with enough complexity to capture the important feature of the world that we are trying to understand, unquote. For example, a materialist may claim that any materialist explanation is better than a theistic one, since materialism is simpler than theism, which includes both God and the material world. But this is simple to the point of being simplistic. For materialism to win the day, it must make a better case than theism for whatever it attempts to explain, given its intrinsic resources and limitations as a worldview. So this leads me to my Criterion 8 for testing worldviews. Worldviews should not appeal to extraneous entities or be marked more complex than is required to explain what they propose to establish. These nine mistakes that critics make against intelligent design are commonly advanced, but there may be other general errors in evaluation. In any event, a fair evaluation of intelligent design should shun these nine mistakes and assess the various ID theories on their own merits. On intelligent design, I highly recommend Stephen Meyer's book, Return of the God Hypothesis, which gives several arguments from science that theism better explains key aspects of the universe than naturalism or pantheism. He speaks of the beginning of the universe out of nothing, the absolute origination of the universe. 
He also addresses the exquisite fine-tuning of various factors necessary for life. And he considers the nature of biological life on Earth and also the radical increase in biological information in the history of life in the Cambrian explosion and other high information in short period of time events. Stephen Meyer is really one of our greatest philosophers of science. He's trained in the history of science, and he is excellent at mastering all the pertinent material, being fair to the critics of intelligent design, addressing their criticisms thoroughly and clearly. And he is also superb in presenting the evidence for intelligent design and doing so in a way that the lay reader can understand without sacrificing the depth of the material that he is addressing. So I highly commend his work and also the work of the Discovery Institute in general, which is the major think tank for advancing the intelligent design arguments. And you can find them at Discovery. Org. This has been Doug Rothheis with Truth Tribe. If you like this broadcast, I hope you will share it with friends. Also go to my webpage, douglasgrothheis.com. Truth Tribe is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.